You're listening to Shit Gamers Say, only on the Ohio State Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Shit Gamers Say. I'm your horse host, Joe Boda, recovering from the sickness, and with me today is Peter Samin. Nay. Nay. Nay, my horse host. We are the horsests of hosts. Well, you are. I'm I'm, I'm not sick. Yeah, I've been a sick sinus drainage or something, I don't know what, but here I am, talking. Heartache I shall, to heartache. <laughs> we shall persevere. The hell. This door is off limits. No one is permitted to enter. Do not enter this room. People are trying to enter our room. <laughs> this is our house. We must defend it. So. It's winter break. We yeah. are very tired. Well, I slept all day, so I'm not as tired. He's not as tired because he <laughs> slept all day because he has no job. Do you have a job that you're doing not here? Not here, not yeah, right exactly. now. No, I have no excuse either. <laughs> but we have been playing a lot of video games. I wish that was our job. Kind of a ridiculous amount, actually. Stupid amount, even. <laughs> so you want to explain to the listeners what has happened, or should I do it? What has happened? Yeah, what what we did. What we did? All right. Um, We've set up a base of operations in my basement. At home. Typically, we come to you from college, but because we're on break, we have returned to our parental dwellings for the long winter. And as a result, we have set up two TVs in my basement, coupled with two PS4s and two PS3s, one for each TV. And we have been playing games, both multiplayer and single player, observing, learning. (laughs) <laughs> educating ourselves. Learning the process of each other. The process of each How we think. Getting into each other's heads. And so that's what we've been doing. And as a result, it's led to us gaming until about 4.30 in the morning. And then I went home and played even more games till 7 a.m. and then passed out. Because Peter has a problem. <laughs> then he slept all day and I thought he was dead. <laughs> okay, so you were uh, a little closer than you might have thought. I was. So when I was driving home last night. Oh, no. I, I was I was actually almost home. I was on Lebanon Road, and a deer just sprinted into the middle of the, you know, the middle of the road. And I, I luckily, there was no one around, so I just hit the brakes and didn't hit the deer. But I was just like, this deer, like, was trying to commit suicide or something, because there was no one else. But as soon as I get there, he's like, oh, shit, I got to sprint out in front of this guy. So, yeah, I could have died. But, but you, know, you lived to see another day. I lived. I, I was at alert. I was ready. Yeah, we shouldn't do that again. Or maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, it was one of those things I didn't hear back from Peter until like 5 or 6. And I knew he had gotten home around 5 o'clock in the morning. So I hadn't heard back from him in a tw- solid 12 hours. <laughs> so it was most concerning. But he is here. He is awake. And I'm a little bit. Awake. 
and I am sick. So sick. So sick. So that's the setup. That's what we've been doing. And because of that, we've been playing a lot of video games. Too many video games. But first, I guess I'm going to talk briefly about my cousin Jeremy. Yes, please. Yes. So, I had a Christmas party last night, and my cousins came. And one of them is this young kid named Jeremy, seventh grader. And it's interesting because we're old. <laughs> That's all I can say about yeah. <laughs> this is we're old. Jeremy's this young kid, and it's really bizarre seeing the difference between growing up like 10 years apart, you know? Like, when we grew up, we had no concept of the internet. Or we did. We knew what the internet was, it but... W- it was like a mysterious black hole. Like, we didn't really understand what... what like. We kind of caught the tail end of the dial-up days, so even like when I first found out about the internet, it's like you had to ask your parents to not be on the phone, and you had to wait for it to like go through, and you had to hear that sound, and it was crazy. And then those bastards from Omaha, Nebraska, would call your address anyway and kick you off. Exactly, you'd be in the middle of like, I don't know, there was like nothing on the internet back then. Like, I can't even think of what I did on it. Searching for cheat codes would. That, be like a flip of the coin as to whether or not you would foobar your family's home PC or yeah, not. Actually, oh man, th- this is going off onto a tangent, but back in the day, I remember the earliest of days, I used to go to IGN.com because that was like the only gaming website back then besides GameSpot, but you know, IGN found me first, or I found IGN first, and I would go to their cheat section and print off cheats. The, the concept of printing off cheats these days. But I would do it, and I had the I had this binder full of cheat codes. So I was like, "Well, I printed these off. I, I got to keep them because you know it was hard to get on the internet. It wasn't just like, oh, I could just go back and look at the cheats. No, I had to print them off and keep them in a bundle. In a bundle. In a bundle. A binder. The way things were, it was a very dark and strange time. And then comes in my cousin Jeremy. First question he asked me with his tablet. What's the Wi-Fi password? He wants to connect to his Minecraft servers, his PvP, (laughs) and his PvE. He knows their IP addresses, but he does not know my Wi-Fi password, and so I must give it to him. I didn't even know what an IP address was when I was his age. No. No. I, yeah. I don't know. Not until high school did I know. He was very... He was very elegant and could speak words that I myself did not know at his age. And it's super bizarre. And then he's kicked my ass in Call of Duty. He's very good at (laughs) Call of Duty. Also rock band. Also rock band. Not really. I mean, he's not, (laughs) yes, he's not that great, but he He, he he, thought he was. He knows stuff. Like, it's just really bizarre to me. Like, I... As as a kid, I was probably like that, too, where I would have, like, an infinitesimal sum of knowledge about very specific topics. And I feel as I've gotten older, my knowledge base has grown, but it's become shallower. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. And so, as a result, I can speak well about a few things, but not many things. He can speak very well about things, 
to a very specific topic, and he was able to rattle off all this nomenclature and terminology in certain video games that went queer over my head, and he was able to do things like glitches and these like supposedly pro strats that it's like I had no idea. I didn't even know. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's honestly something that I kind of miss, but also don't miss, because like, I remember when I was a kid, I knew everything that you could do in every Crash Bandicoot game. Like, oh, you, there's this secret, and you could do this, and oh, the unlockable's here. Like, oh, did you know if you jump through the floor here, it actually takes you to the other level? Like, these sort of, like, crazy things. But these days, I don't even bother. It's just like, well, just on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Like, it was kind of weird being able to, like, delve so... It's kind of crazy being able to delve so deep into something back then because you had so much free time as a kid. Like, you didn't have responsibilities. Like, I feel as an adult now and being one in a similar uh, vein of profession that I can now appreciate things involved with video games a lot better than I could as a child without having to devote an insane amount of time to those things, you know? You can play through a video game once and be like, that was a cool feature they added. Or that thing that they did with that set piece was really technically nice. Like, I can appreciate that. Well, as, as a kid, uh, you know, you, like, kind of get this mastery, but it's just diminishing returns. And I think you also, like, we appreciate them in a new kind of way as well, you know. Or you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's It was just this interesting phenomenon because, you know, I don't, deal with a lot of young children and you know people always say oh kids love minecraft now but they also still love call of duty and it's like i don't know i'm not sure if that's true or not and then you actually talk with one it's like oh they do they do and they're very knowledgeable about all of it <laughs> so it's like i'm i feel like i'm getting perspective that i didn't once have but that's just a little like Side note, I don't know, like, it just made me feel old, but at the same time, it was, like, very fascinating, because I remember being that way. It's kind of a weird concept to think about, but in about 10 years, there are going to be people that are going to be nostalgic for Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Well, either that, or Call of Duty will remain the juggernaut, well, okay, it'll probably be also, like, Final Fantasy. And that you'll have a continued, long, storied series. And you'll have people who are simultaneously nostalgic for those old games and forever resentful of the new ones. Mm. And you'll have people who will love the new ones and hate the old ones and divisiveness. Because right now, I think a lot of people who play Call of Duty agree that one of the best ones was Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, And I'm sure, though, somewhere along the lines you're going to get more fan nerd rage fights out of which was better, modern warfare or advanced warfare or cod, and so or on. Or cod blops. Yeah, because right now the people who are voicing their opinions are the people who started off with modern warfare too. But now there are people who are starting off with blops too and stuff like that. So you're going to have those arguments later down the road of, well, which one was actually better? You know, was it the one that everyone played first or was it the one that, it was Ghost. Objective was best. Yes, <laughs> Ghost is nope. <laughs> my nomination for best Call of Duty. Holy shit. What was... There are people in the other room. And they there was a belch. And there was death. There was death. <laughs> oh, boy. So, 
yep, that's that experience, but we also have a lot of other stuff to kind of like cover in no particular order. What, so what have you been playing, Joe? What, All right. You, what, what did you play we'll yesterday? We'll start with my sad, sad story <laughs> of Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, okay. That's a different this one. This is the earliest of uh, news since the last podcast. Mm-hmm. I've beaten Final Fantasy Thirteen three times. Oh, how, how did it end? What, what, what happened? That's a good question, Peter. You ask good questions. I don't know. So. Wait, wait what? As people may have known from previous podcasts, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIII. I've been playing a lot of it. I finally got to the last boss, and I disposed of him pretty handily in about five minutes. Then my game froze. Oh. And I'm like, no, I guess I'll do it again. And I did it again, and it froze in the same spot. Have you learned nothing from Far Cry 3? Hmm. What what should I have learned from Far Cry Three? I forget the line, but you know what I'm talking. Yeah, about. I, actually, it did <laughs> take me. Insanity. My computer broke when I played Far Cry Three, so I thought that's what you were referencing. No. But yes, insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. Yeah, it, it, it must be your fat PS3, right? Just it's the fatty. It oh yeah, done. yeah. No, it. it no, oh. it's not that. Oh. I took the disc over to a friend's house, downloaded my save from the cloud. And played it on his newer, slim PS3. It's still frozen in the same spot. I fear that the disc might be kaput. It has minimal scratches on it, but hell, I don't know. Maybe maybe that, there's a single scratch right on the ending. Right on that ending. There's, you know what? Maybe. Well, here's the thing. And this is kind of shitty, and I don't understand why it's like this. Final Fantasy thirteen runs entirely off the disc. There's no install installation. There's no yeah. There's nothing. You don't download assets, and the game's a full game, like a fifty gigabyte game, or in that neighborhood at least. Uncompressed video, uncompressed audio, 1080p. <clears throat> so it's just yeah. They've made they've done something that has always been a fear of mine. I've always bought Final Fantasy games secondhand because they all came out before my time. And as a result, I have many horrible memories of disc skipping. And it seems in the year 20, well, we'll say 2009 when the game came out, that's still very much a fear. That's Because they're stubborn and don't want to include an install, install. That's actually kind of remarkable because every developer that you talk to says, oh man, the, the, the disc drive just isn't fast enough. We have to put it on the hard drive. That somehow they made it work. Like there isn't like incredible load times or anything in the game. Is there, there isn't see. And that's another amazing thing is actually they, and I think this speaks to squares polish because, you know, say what you will about their stories and their gameplay. They've always had an incredible amount of polish around their games. And this game starts off with about one 15 second load time. And then you'll be lucky if you hit a load time of more than two seconds past that for the rest of the game, it front loads a lot of assets and then, yeah, they've optimized the game save such that it's no, n never exceeds like 500 kilobytes. They've done a lot of things to it to make sure that it runs optimally. So, and that's why they can get away with this. Um, but yeah, I don't understand it. So, in my distress, I bought another copy, a new copy, oh, no. because I need my recognition. 
Okay, I, I wasn't sure if you actually bought another one because I, uh, well, I, I was at Walmart and I saw that they had Final Fantasy 13 on sale, but unfortunately it was only the 360 version, so I, I was like, oh man, if this is the PS3 version, I would have bought this for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I looked and I tried to get the best price. I ended up settling on eBay because I had the cheapest new copy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's what I had to do, and I need that recognition because I'm so close. And yeah, it's Gotta it's get unfortunate. That trophy. I, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a trophy also for beating the last boss in under ten minutes. Oh wow! Okay. So I've done that three times. I want my damn trophy, Peter. <laughs> Completed the challenge, and I might play a little bit more of it afterwards because I've kind of I haven't warmed up to the combat system. There's still a lot of things that irk me, but my characters now being at the end of the game are fully developed. So now I don't have to improvise as much, so to speak. Like before I would get my ass handed to me because certain characters didn't have certain like buffs that they could cast. Yeah. But now that they all can cast the same buffs, it makes it a little bit more manageable and I can leave it to the AI. I can, I can trust the AI to make the right decisions now while as before, some characters had some spells and some had different spells. So it was a constant struggle for me to like say, okay, I want this character to play support and then afterwards have another character play support and you'll swap roles and stuff like that. And that just got tedious and I would get killed in between switching roles. So that's what I've been doing. Also, the story is still kind of bad. I, well, I've, I've learned more about the story reading 10 minutes of the data logs than I have in the 45 hours that I've played that game. 45, okay. Hmm. When you have characters that are so dull, you just kind of glaze over. Your eyes, like, dilate, and you just don't <laughs> look fa- focus anymore. Yeah. So, that's my sad, sad tale. And hopefully then I'll beat it. It, While having it, two copies of Final Fantasy 13. What are you going to do with that other copy? With the first copy? Fuck, I don't know. It's a good question. Troll somebody else by having yeah, them play I'll, it for 45 I'll pass hours? pass down the pain. <laughs> pass it on to other people. <clears throat> That's what I've been doing solo on the... Well, okay. I guess I'll just cover my other bases. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Kerbal Space Program. How much do you know about Kerbal Space Program, Peter? Uh, you build ships. Uh, there's really cute little dudes that fly them, and then they die. They're stuck in space because your ship blows up. Exactly. All these are true. And they're they're adorable. They are adorable. They like freak the fuck out. <laughs> well, that game finally moved from alpha to beta last week. So I tinkered around with it more. One of the big issues with Kerbal Space Program before was everything was manual. Which, when you're trying to navigate a rocket into the sun, that's easier said than done. Because space physics are weird. Yeah. I don't know how much you know about space, but it's not as easy as just aiming in a direction and flying towards it. Oh, I know about space. Oh, yes. You have to account for many things like momentum. And the fact that there's, like, no friction out there. And the fact that the planet is already moving at about a million miles an hour. Mm. 
So you have to account for that when you are launching. It's pretty remarkable that we've landed on anything in space, considering all these factors. Yeah, no, like I took the time to look into like past space, um, space exploration and the Voyager. I think I can't remember if it was one or two had to do five gravity assists. And a gravity assist is when a ship runs in the same direction as a planet and then hooks around the planet. And then what it does is it takes a little bit momentum from the planet and adds it to the spacecraft that gives it a slight boost as it's hooking around. So it actually increases speed. And then with that increased amount of speed allows it to escape further out into Mm. the solar system. Voyager 1 had to do five of those on, I think, Jupiter. I think it may have done Mars, too. Oh, no, it did one on the moon. I think it did one on Jupiter, one on Saturn, wow. Uranus, Neptune. It hit all five of those bodies. <laughs> yeah, and it did a gravity assist on all of those. And you need to understand, once it's out of Earth's atmosphere, you cannot control... Like, the amount of control and th- thrust you add to it is minimal. So it's basically, you know, it's it's like it's literally threading a needle yeah. to get something like that to work. And they did it. And that's what Kerbal was like. Now take out any sort of automation pre-launch calculation. Now just pretend that you're just launching shit into space and hoping stuff sticks. That's what Kerbal was like before the beta. Now they've added features so that you can automate the trajectory of the rocket such that you will have to plan the maneuvers, but then the computer will execute them for you. So it makes it a little bit more manageable. And because of that, I've landed on the moon. Oh, boy. My engines blew up after I landed. Oh. They're stranded. Oh, no. Yep. They're moon people. They're moon people now. No, I remember your incredible quest a few years ago to get on the moon. And I did that too, and I think I did a much better job this time. Yes, it's called the MUN, because it's a fictional solar system. But, yeah, I've been spending a lot of time with that, Um, and they've been focusing a lot more now on the actual game part of it, because before it was very freeform, you were just launching shit, but now it's, uh, they've added things like contracts, And you can get money for completing certain scientific objectives like exploring the moon or, you know, reaching outside of the atmosphere and stuff like that. I think in the future they're going to have to balance it a little bit because the amount of payout you get is not adequate enough to fund your research, in Uh, my opinion. Like, I can build, you start off with a limited number of parts and the objective is to gain research points to unlock more parts. The problem is you can only build about three ships before you go bankrupt and three ships is not enough to acquire the amount of scientific data that you need to unlock more parts. Mm. Also, I don't know how to make money in that game. I think you have to fulfill contracts, but the contracts are like... Or, Or you sell your Kerbals to slave trade. Yeah, that would also be the ideal solution. Sell ourselves into slavery. Um... So it seems like they're just making it more into a game than it used to be. Because it used to be just like more of a like build and explore sort of dealy. Now it's more of an actual game where you're unlocking things and getting research. Yeah, it's basically becoming NASA Simulator, which isn't too big of a deal. 
um, or it isn't too bad. Like this was always part of their objective, so they've stuck yeah. to that. But they've kind of taken a step back on improving the actual space part of it. Like I, they've added all the planets that I think they intend to add. So. Also, one thing that was an issue is they would not allow parts to clip before. So when you were building your ship, it might appear red because you couldn't put it in a certain spot. And they said that was always a hassle because it was glitchy. And sometimes if you're putting two engines on a rocket, like, mirrored, one engine would be able to attach and the other wouldn't because of clipping, clipping, so to speak. So... Mm -hmm. They've taken that out entirely. I can now put rockets <laughs> inside of rockets inside oh, of geez. rockets. Is, is that it's, detrimental to how it works? Or um, <laughs> The game calculates everything based off of mass. So, in theory, you could just make a really dense rocket, but it shouldn't, like... I don't think it'll cause anything screwy to happen. I don't think. I don't know yet. I haven't really done too much with it. I've overlapped a few things... You must experiment more. I must. We must do more testing. <laughs> more testing is needed. To the lab. Yep. Uh, aerodynamicity is not really... Uh, I'm not sure if they intend to program that in yet. I'm not sure. So, that's Kerbal. Kerbal's a good game now. I was kind of, like, iffy about it before, but I think they've made some very solid improvements, and I like the direction that game's going in. I might not ever play it outside of Sandbox, but for what they do have, it seems to be what people want. So, Seems fun. It's fun. I I hope they do add multiplayer at some point, because having, uh, you know, people being able to, like, manage space stations would be pretty cool. Oh, what it, like, what if they do the, um, the SimCity thing, where, like you can network together and have a bunch of different space stations working together. You, they have, um, okay. So Kurt has a lot of mods and they've already set up so that you can do like satellite relays. So people will have like a web of satellites orbiting Kerbal and then they'll have another network orbiting the moon. And if there is an object in between the moon or Kerbal, a satellite link will not work. But if you have multiple, they can link around the planet and then, like, aim it elsewhere. Like, mm. there's some pretty sophisticated mods. And, yeah, they've done a lot of cool stuff like that. They've also made mods based off of Interstellar. I'm not sure if you've seen that or if you intend to see it. But uh, I neither have seen it nor really intend to see it unless, like, by You need chance. to see it. Really? I think you'll love it. I think you'll like it. Mm. Um it's very sciencey, but in a very fascinating way. Um, I heard a lot of physician, uh, phys- yeah, physicians, physicists, physicists got mad at that movie because it was inaccurate. There are the science was heavily stressed, mm-hmm. and there were only two, okay. So there were like, without being specific, there were maybe. The first three-fourths are very grounded. Okay. They're very... The science as it is presented is based off of two two families. It's either based in scientific fact, so based off of how light is emitted from a black hole, for instance, 
how, you know, supermassive black holes emit light versus a regular black hole, which does a good job sucking it all in. Things that are grounded in science are there, and then there are the other family is all theory. So anything that has had theory spoken about it mm, okay. is treated as fact in the movie, even though it hasn't necessarily been proven yet. Okay. And then there's only... The first three-fourths are very grounded. The last fourth, you're going to have to suspend your disbelief because that's where it moves from science to science fiction. Um, and, and, I, and honestly, I'm totally fine with that. Just I thought I, I found it interesting that a bunch of people got really mad about it because, I mean, it is a movie after all. Yeah, yes. That being said, from what I've heard, it's a lot better than Gravity um, from some people. I mean, Gravity won a lot, a lot of awards and people really liked it. But if it's a nice nerdy movie that you can like listen to the jargon and be like, I know that, or I'm fascinated hmm. by that, you'd really like that movie. Okay. Again, the last fourth is a big horse pill. So I okay, you mentioned gravity. I'm sorry, but I, I accidentally mixed those up in my head. I thought those were the same movie almost. <laughs> those are not the okay, same movie. For some reason my brain had combined them into one space movie. For some reason, I, I don't know. Okay, now, okay, I think Gravity might have been the one that people were getting mad about. Okay, never mind. Gravity I, was did generate a lot more controversy than okay. Interstellar. Inter, uh, Interstellar again breaks the rules towards the end, but it kind of, you know, you don't, you probably won't care too much. Gravity's the one with what's her Sandra Bullock. Yeah, it was Sandra Bullock. Okay. Yeah, no, Interstellar is has a. I for, shoot, I'm not good with the cast. I know Anne Hathaway is in it. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, at some point, that needs to be seen by somebody in this room. I'll see it. Yes, I've seen it. But first, I need to see The Raid and The Raid 2. Yes. These are all movies we need to see. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a NASA simulator, a.k.a. Kerbal Space Program. Aren't they releasing a NASA version of the game? Uh, was, They've was already gotten NASA's permission to yeah. use their icon iconography exactly that's what i thought yeah yeah. you can plant a flag that is the nasa flag um and i think they're also working with was it the esa european space administration mm. or agency or something so they're also going to get like licensing from them i think that's that's i like that makes me happy yeah no it's a it's a very cool game um otherwise i've been playing some tomb raider Oh boy, have you? Oh boy, have I? And so I, I have a question for you, Joe. Yes. Why do you do this to yourself? You see me. Why? You why, see me angry. Why do you play games on hard? Is it really worth it? Do do do, do you enjoy? Actually, do you enjoy playing games on hard? Because I know some people enjoy the the act of getting pissed off at the TV. I don't enjoy getting pissed off at the TV. It's it's really weird for me. I I feel like game balancing is kind of a lost art form that no one seems to be good at anymore because Tomb Raider, I think by and large, most of that game, I breezed through it pretty f frequently or pretty easily. Mm -hmm. And then there are a few choke points, always a few choke points that become unbearably difficult because they decided that adding six people to a room which might be easy to do on normal, or it might be a light challenge on normal, becomes incredibly difficult, if not impossible on hard. Um, also, I'm very impatient. 
and enemies are also kind of smart in that game, and they'll approach you. And then because most of your weapons are guns and melee isn't worth shit until the end, you can't yeah. really do much to them. Like, you can't draw your bow against them. I mean, you could try, but you're going to get shot. Because my biggest issue with Tomb Raider right now, as far as gameplay mechanics are concerned, is I'm not too fond of the how covering is handled. Um, and what I mean by that is she just sort of sticks. But then when I try to run away, she always does this kind of hunched crouch motion and it just feels very clumsy. Mm, yeah. And I try to move from cover to cover and it's not fluid and it's not easy and I get shot a lot and then I flinch and then I get shot more and then I die. I always found her role to be kind of weird. Like she almost looks like some sort of chimpanzee. Like right. It's not even really a role. It's just, yeah. yeah, you just, it's this weird crawl and it doesn't move in the direction that I want it to, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. It's almost as if you're trying to move something with a joystick, but it only moves in cardinal directions. So, like, you know, north, south, east, west, and then the in-between of that. Um, so I think mobility in that game is not good, in my opinion. Uh, it's very bouncy. And bouncy. it feels like it gets stuck on things more times than not. That and the melee is pretty piss poor. And mm-hmm. when I try to aim guns behind cover, I don't have like a uh, a pre cross. Like I don't know where I'm aiming until I am up yeah. over the wall aiming mm-hmm. my gun. And when you have three guys firing machine guns at you in all directions, it's not possible to aim. You know, at least not with a controller. So that game just. I'm sure on normal it would be a lot more manageable. Yeah, I was going to say, on normal I had minimal issues. Yeah, my biggest issue is I just die real fast. Um, But even then, like, there are so many situations where I'm like, how the fuck do I do this without getting hit? And I'm like, I can't do this without, I'm going to get hit, and then I'm going to possibly die. So, that, and they have Molotov cocktails, and I don't get a grenade launcher until much later in the game. Like, I have no backup you know i can't flush them out of cover so Mm -hmm. i then have to play the waiting game and then while i'm playing the waiting game they're writing a molotov cocktail to throw right over cover without even exposing themselves i don't know it's i'm being a little bit whiny about it because i am a little whiny about it but there are just like things about that where it's like there's a level of fairness that i feel is being breached you know even though i'm playing it on hard and i'm sure normal would be better but Having to be a bullet sponge to win a game, I don't know. It's kind of frustrating to me. Mm. But, you know, otherwise, you can't open that door. Don't open that door. You want board games? What board games do you want? Um, Peter, get my brother some board games because <laughs> I'm holding a mic and it's going to be weird. There's a party going on in the other room. No one was prepared. Open up the, uh, you can just open up the, uh, door, Peter, for him and have him get him. It's because the door won't unlock. No, that's fine. I just, what was a figure gonna break the cord? 
So like, just give us a heads up. We'll let you in. Okay. Woo. But, um, yeah, otherwise I think the game is all right. I like the exploration. I like the set pieces. Yeah. Game's framey as hell. It's too bad you didn't play Uncharted first. I played the first one. Well, I mean, the good, the better Uncharted. It's like I, the first Uncharted is a solid game, but two and three take it to like another level. I think the first Uncharted had a better gunplay than Tomb Raider. Oh, really? I mean, I I, I don't remember. It's been so long, mm. so I can actually definitively the tell you. The first Uncharted, like, I thought Tomb Raider was a better game than the first Uncharted. And this is coming huh. from like a Uncharted super fan. <laughs> But Uncharted two and three are, I think, are better than Tomb Raider. Yeah, I I, be- I believe that from what I've seen of those two games. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's Tomb Raider's all right. I think it's better than the f- first Tomb Raiders. Oh, it would, night and day. Which better. isn't saying much though, because it wouldn't be hard to do. Yeah, go go back and watch one one of our uh, Tomb Raider videos on Zucchini Thumbs YouTube channel. I hated those and, games and so see. damn much. I never thought they were good. They were good, like they were good for like two years, and then Ocarina of Time came out and like fixed all those issues of like three D movement, and then they were shit. I I think, yeah, they're more novel than anything. You know, the idea that physics were like based in reality was something that hadn't yet been done. Yeah. Or just like in those old games, you're just basically moving on a grid. Like it, it was crazy back then. Yeah. It was not a good system. So this one's better than that. Um, in retrospect, I would be playing this on a PS4 but yeah. because I got it free on PSN, mm. I'm playing it on the PS3. Yeah, I mean that that's what I did too. I mean it's a it's a good version of the it's game. A like, it's a good looking it's not a bad game. Version. It's just in certain parts it gets real framey. Yes. Like really framey. And it's never like it it reminds me of Devil May Cry, um, the reboot mm-hmm. for the uh PS three and three sixty. Um and PC. And PC. Yeah, but it run like that game it runs framey. There's a lot of scenes where shit's like moving about real fast and floors are dropping and structures are crumbling. So, yeah. Which that that's going to be uh re-released on PS4 with um, you know, better frame rate, like enhanced graphics maybe. It might just be the probably, PC version. There's probably going to they're probably going to add uh anti-aliasing. Yeah. I would hope um it's an awesome game. Yes, the love, reboot of Devil May Cry is awesome, and I'm still amazed that there's still so much controversy I know, stemmed I, in the fan I base. I never understood why people didn't like it. Like, it's a great game. It's so crazy. It's because people, I don't know, you always get those kind of weird groups of people who are, in my opinion, a minority. Yeah. Who are always like, oh, well, I loved the campiness of this game series and then everyone's like yeah but it's still a bad game and they're like i don't Mm -hmm. care and it's like well you know this franchise isn't gonna live on if we just keep appealing to this one subset of the fan base yeah especially after uh after devil may cry 4 really didn't do much they had they had to change it up 
Yeah, it was a long time coming. So, yeah, Tomb Raider's all right. It's it's all right. It's all right. It's it's a okay. It's a solid game. Uncharted is probably better. Yeah. And I can't really say if you'd be missing much by not playing it. There's not a lot. If if to you it. if you like third person action and you've already played Uncharted and you're still craving more, then play Tomb Raider. Yes. But if you have not played the Uncharted series, then play those first. Yeah. That, that's what I would say. Or, yeah, assuming you have a PlayStation. Assuming you have a PlayStation. If you don't have a PlayStation, then I don't know what to say. Tomb Raider's a good substitute. So, it, it yeah, it's like anything. It's a, It's an alternative, but not the preferred. Yeah. But Garden Warfare is preferred. The alternative to Battlefield 4 and yeah. the preferred version of the Battlefield games. So Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, We, since we had our dual uh, setup, we were playing multiplayer against each other. Well, with the, most of the time we were on the same team, but then at some point we got split up into separate teams because of balancing. And then you could just leave your team and go to the other team. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it wasn't too big. Out. It wasn't too big of a deal. Yeah, this game's awesome. I, I like I want I'm actually like itching to play more of that game. Yeah, actually, that's how that's how I felt all week. I was playing it when I should have been doing other things. No, nothing is no. nothing is more important. Uh, but I had I had, I had to write a ray tracer. I hate ray tracing. Stop writing ray tracers. I had to. I got a C on it. Ah. Uh. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. This game's really fun. Um, I mean, it's Plants vs. Zombies, but somehow they made it hyper, uh, hyper detailed into a third-person shooter. Just the the idea that this exists blows my mind sometimes, and it 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 even amazes me more that it's actually good. So, it's a really it's a really fun casual game. Like honestly, I'm this is something I would expect from a Nintendo platform. Like, it's real easy to pick up and play. It's very bright, very colorful, very mm -hmm. well put together. So, you're basically, you're saying this is like Splatoon for the rest of us. I'm gonna, I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's probably the closest thing you're going to get to what would seem to be a Nintendo game on a non-Nintendo platform, at least in terms of the stylings and mm -hmm. gameplay. Um, but then it could be argued that this game has, in my opinion, better sound design than Nintendo. It's It's got that, like, oomph that you want. Like It's every, very crisp. Yeah, every shot has, like, you can feel it in the sound design, but also just in the controller because it's, like, it vibrates perfectly. It's like they went out and recorded different sounds and then just do a resampling mm. of the same sound. And they went and found a bunch of feuding plants and zombies and recorded straight from them. Huh. Yep, it has the right amount of reverb, course, all that stuff. It just sounds real, you know. It doesn't sound like generic shooting guns and it doesn't sound like loadout. Not like loadout. By, by comparison, we I tried to play some loadout, which is another third person shooter, and that just has it's got nothing. It, it has nothing. Like it's ugly too. Like for a game that came out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and PS3, Xbox 360. 
the game is ugly. Like, holy shit. Like, it just looks flat. It looks like a less stylized version of Borderlands. You know, yeah. without the heavy cell shading. And Borderlands, if it did not have that aesthetic going for it, would look ugly too. And this looks like what that would be on loadout. Yeah. I um, mean, which is too bad because I like loadouts. Like, I kind of like loadouts humor, like their, um, their taunts and stuff like that. But just playing it, I, I, I can't play it. It doesn't the feel good. The concept is solid too. Like, I like, I would like more customization in my gun games, but. Oh, yeah. You know, when the game isn't fun to begin with, it doesn't really matter at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just be playing more Garden Warfare. Yeah. That game is balls. I mean. We're balling. You shoot peas out of your mouth. Shoot peas, you eat zombies. You eat. Oh, yeah, you do eat you zombies. You do eat zombies. Actually, that's the funniest part is. The zombies don't eat you. you do, yeah, is there a zombie that eats plants? I don't know. I don't think I've seen one yet. So. Maybe uh, maybe one of the bosses, but as far as like characters you actually play as, I have not. I don't think of any. Yeah. You can, you can drill people. You get like your jackhammer and start jackhammering. Yeah, there's just like. There's enough. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it feels simple, but it doesn't feel boring, you know? Mm-hmm. That's And that's often a difficult balance to strike, I feel, for most games. That's why I don't really often, like, enjoy Nintendo games too much, because I feel like there's a simplicity to them yeah. that I get bored of. Like, even with Smash Bros., like, Smash Bros. is a little bit better, assuming you play it my way, which is all items on <laughs> and the most ridiculous stage ever. Yeah. The way people prefer to play Smash Bros, though, or at least the hyper-competitive people, it turns me off immediately. So, this game, I feel like it strikes the right balance, though, is that it's not too crazy, but it's crazy enough. Yeah. I really want to play more now. Holy shit. We will play. We will play. We will play. So, let's, let's just have, like, a quick news interlude. Do we have, like... Music for the news interlude? No. Drive Club. Drive Club. The the saga continues. Um, it's not out for PS Plus members yet, but apparently it works now. Yay! And they released a new patch that it's adds only in, been a month. It's actually been more than a month. A month and a half. About around that. Um, but the new patch adds the weather effects that was were originally supposed to be in the game. I guess it, they just need an extra month to code in the weather properly. And Digital Foundry did like a uh, analysis of it, and I was watching the videos. This game has the best weather effects in like any game I've ever seen. It's like remarkable. How remarkable! Like, I was reading up on it because you know Digital Foundry goes like real in depth into like the tech technicalities behind it. 
so most games kind of fake water where like oh they put like a texture on screen that looks like a water droplet or they put like some sort of shader that makes it look like your your everything's wet they are individually rendering droplets and doing propagation in a realistic manner with the water as the weather is happening like it propagates on your windshield and then the and then the um you know the wiper blades are moving individual droplets and they're splattering in very realistic manners because they're actually you know simulating actual droplets it's like ridiculous i can't i'm fascinated to see that game i would love to see the game once it's free for ps plus members i will totally see it. we will all see it you mean you're not going to go out and buy a what? How much is a copy of Drive um, Club now? It's thirty bucks. Oh man! They had to drop the price because no one was buying exactly. it. Exactly. Holy shit! <laughs> well, it's, I guess there's some good news for them. Good news. Um, and actually, hot hot from the presses. Um, as of an hour ago, uh, so Bandai Namco. You remember when they used to be called Namco Bandai just a year ago? And then they changed no. their name. So they were No. They were called Namco Bandai. Then a year ago they changed their name to Bandai Namco. I don't know why they decided to switch the two. And now they're changing their name again to be Bandai Namco Entertainment. Well, I'm glad they cleared that up. Yeah. Yep. I was confused was, before. You were confused, right. Didn't know what the hell was going on with them. <laughs> Uh, Apparently, Metal Gear Solid 5's release date leaked. Oh, really? So, I think it was, briefly, it appeared online, uh, a release date, as as this is typically the case with, like, Amazon and other uh, places where you buy video games. Yep. A release date was included. And it was rumored to come out February 24th, 2015. Oh. No one actually knows yet. It's a rumor. That's pretty soon. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't think so either. I thought that would be a holiday game. I mean, it. it I think you go either way. I'm, you know, big releases, especially Japanese releases, don't usually concern themselves with that. Like. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Thirteen came out in March, I believe. Uh, once upon a time, so I wouldn't put it past them to release this on a weirder date. But I think the reason why I find it weird is I feel like they would have announced this by now, because this is only three months away. Yeah. So. And if you know Kojima, he loves to tease everybody for like a year with various trailers before he releases a game. Exactly. So I I don't necessarily believe this. Um, it's too soon, in my opinion, especially since they've haven't even really given a year yet as to when the game is to be released. Like 2015 is a possibility, but spring 2016 isn't too crazy either. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm not uh putting a lot of stock in this. Also, February is kind of, like, loaded right now. I'm not sure. Well, you know, actually, it could probably hang. That's a stupid thing for me to say. It'd be fine. Joe. Yes. There's a new Theat Rhythm game coming out. Are you excited? Wait, what? 
Yeah, are you excited? I actually haven't heard of this. Where did you get this news? Fiat Rhythm Dragon Quest. That's why I haven't heard about it. That's stupid. Who would want that? Nobody. Literally no one on this planet wants that. No one likes Dragon Quest? No one likes Dragon Quest. (laughs) But yeah, there's more Fiat Rhythm coming in the form of Fiat Rhythm Dragon Quest, which brings up the the question, are they going to keep expanding it to other Square Enix franchises? I think the reason why this game is coming out is it's to solve an issue that started to appear in Curtain Call. Mm-hmm. Curtain Call has DLC songs for games that are not Final Fantasy. They oh, really? have, I think, at least in Japan, and I need to verify this with the English release, they have, I believe, some Chrono Trigger songs, and I think they have some Xenosaga songs. Hmm. So already they were already starting to bleed um, games that were not part of the original Final Fantasy brand into okay. Curtain Call. So I think this is one of those things where they stopped and thought, it's like, do we keep releasing DLC or do we release a new game? And I think the smart decision would be releasing a new game because I don't think people who like Dragon Quest are going to go out, buy a game that revolves exclusively around yeah. Final Fantasy just to buy $40 worth of Dragon Quest DLC. That's pretty true, yeah. So I think it's a smart decision, and I think they probably will. I'm trying to think. like They, they could theoretically do... I mean, Chrono Trigger might be difficult because there's only two games that you can pull cannon from. Uh, Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Um, and then maybe Xenosaga, but I think, what, there's like four games of that? I honestly have no I don't idea. know either. I know there it was a trilogy, and there may have been a fourth one they released. So I feel like Chrono Trigger and Xenosaga just aren't popular enough to do their own games, though. Well, they haven't been rel- uh At least Chrono series hasn't been relevant for a very long time. Because yeah. like I said, the last new installation that come out was Chrono Cross, and that was for the PS1. So, you know, good luck recapturing that fan base. And then Xenosaga had a long run on the PS2. I think they may have had one on the PS3. That was, I think, maybe the fourth. But then otherwise, it hasn't been relevant for a long time. So, And their soundtracks wouldn't be as deep. Like They probably have some great music, but four games a rhythm game does not make. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so there were three Xenosaga episodes, and okay, there were some ones released on cell phones. Huh, I don't think anyone's going to be playing those. They appeared in, they've appeared in a lot of, like, games as, like, crossover characters. Like, they were in Soul Calibur 3. Characters from that game were in Soul Calibur 3. Really, that's interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. There were a bunch of characters in that game that I was like... Who the hell are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a uh, yeah. So Dragon Quest fans can get that. There's a lot of yeah. Dragon Quest games, as there are many Final Fantasy games. Yes, and they're all slimy. They're all slimy. I love that little guy. They're all slimy. Yeah. So one last piece of news, and it's kind of like. <coughs> Honestly, this this stirred up a lot of like talk on the internet, which I didn't understand because like in this day and age, people should know this. 
but Nintendo says that they're thinking about their next, that they're working on their next console. And I'm just like, every company starts working on their next console as soon as the last one ships. Like, that's just how business works. Exactly. Like, they need to think about the future. <laughs> well, and that Nintendo puts a lot of stock into their R&D. Yeah, they do. And they, R&D takes time. They invest a lot in R&D, like a ridiculous amount. So, it's only natural that the fact that they're coming out and saying that now, or the fact that anyone heard about it now is actually surprising to me. I'm surprised it wasn't talked about earlier. Yeah. Well, I mean, just a lot of people don't understand that it takes a long time to make these things. Like, uh, so there are probably some people that think, oh, yeah, they, they probably, you know, they announce it and then they make it and a year later it's out. It's like, no, they, they work on these things for like five years. Like, they, they, it takes a long time to craft an entire architecture and release it out, you know? Exactly. And how old is the Wii U at this point? Like, two, it's two years, years and some change? Two years, yeah. So, like, yeah, it's not that crazy. Yeah, no, it's not. But. It'll be interesting to see what they do differently this time around. I wonder if they're going to keep... I wonder if they're just going to move and maintain their sort of niche-ish kind of standing right now. Like, do you think they're going to... What they really need to do, and this is... Okay, other people have said this. Like, this isn't like a new concept that I've come up with or anything. But what they really need to do is leverage their handhelds to also like leverage handhelds to also make a good home console in that make a handheld that hooks up to your TV, not like through cables or anything, but like imagine you had something like a 3DS that had good enough graphics to be like a console, which the 3DS, like think about it, the Vita when it came out, what? three years ago already had graphics that could match basically PS3. So once this new console comes out, it could be good enough a handheld graphics could be good enough to kind of match close to what PS4 or an Xbox One are doing. Like not, not of course not exactly, but you know, In close. the ballpark. In the ballpark. So what I think is like and Nintendo handhelds are always popular. So make a handheld that is also a home console that you stream, because they're already doing streaming with the Wii U, uh, with streaming the video to the tablet. So stream the video from the handheld to your TV, so that way it's a handheld and it's a home console. Yeah. I feel like that's what they should do, because more and more it's obvious that Nintendo's home consoles just can't compete as well as their handhelds. Yeah, I think... And yeah, and that's one big part. I think they need to continue pairing those two because yeah. I think those those work well together. And now in this day and age where we have wireless technology, we don't need to fiddle with freaking peripherals like the yeah. cords and stuff. It's become a lot easier than it and, has been in the past. And they need to um they need to get cross by down. Like they need to they need to ever now at this point everyone else has it. Everyone else has cross by except for Nintendo. Nintendo's the only one that like every time something new every time they re release something's like, Well now you gotta buy it again. While like, you know, Sony, it's like, Well, you bought this game five years ago, we're re releasing it on PS4, you own it still. There you go. I think they and this is like theoretical, like right now there's still many problems that need to be addressed before this could work. I think they need to take the Wii U concept further. The further. Cur- the current um 
one of the selling points of the Wii U is you can stream games from your Wii U to the gamepad. Yes. And play that without needing a TV. You want it to work on, like, everything. Well, uh, close. And, again, this is not possible right now. I, I understand this. Okay. But, you know, Sony's getting into the whole Play Now business. Yeah. Where you're the, streaming. From what I hear, it works okay. It works okay, and hopefully over time it'll get better. Mm-hmm. So, what if we had a console that functioned both as a TV console and a sort of home server in oh. which you could connect a handheld device and stream gameplay to that handheld device from anywhere so long as both have an internet connection? So, you're basically saying what the PS4 and the Vita do right now. Um, and, and honestly, yes, like, that would be awesome. Like that's that, that's basically what I was saying. Like that's kind of similar to what I was saying. Where like, yeah, that that would be great. Like combine the handheld and the console. Like why can't I stream stuff from a Wii U to a 3DS? Like that would be awesome. You can so wait, with the Vita, I wasn't aware of this. You can stream that outside of like off of a different network. There's a few hoops you have to go through. Like they don't recommend it because obviously at that point you're adding a lot of extra latency. But if you for if you do if you forward the ports on your router, you can do it. Like people do it. But uh, obviously, the more the farther away you are from the device, the more latency you're gonna get. And this is where R and D comes from because and hear me out. What if you had a handheld that, I mean, could you possibly do a would it be asynchronous rendering? Is that even a thing? Am I? What if there was a way to feed data to the handheld mm. over wireless, and then try to, or not the Vita, the, yeah, the handheld, mm-hmm. and then also have the handheld do a little bit of heavy lifting? So that's. Is there a way to do that? You can combine the two. I'm, I mean, th- that's what Microsoft was proposing with the Xbox One, but they never really showed it in action. Like they never said, they never like proved that they could do it. I feel like. I mean, it's something that definitely is possible, but it's also dependent on a few things. Like, you have you'd have to have a lot of bandwidth. Like, yeah, like this is not for those with caps. Exactly, you could not like, do that. Like rendering pipelines use a ton of bandwidth. Like, what is the what is the bandwidth of like a GPU? It's like it's like hundreds of gigabits per second. Like, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, so you'd have to have an incredible connection to be able to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think how it. Yeah, and I mean, again, that's what for R&D to figure out. But if there was a way to, like, try to balance as much heavy lifting between both the home console and the held, handheld as possible, like, don't just... Because when you're streaming out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a lot of the... All the work is b- being put on the console, and then all the handheld has to do is, you know, um, render... Like, it has the codec and stuff. It has to interpret the data yeah. it's being fed mm-hmm. to create video. And that doesn't put a lot of work on, I mean, other than just processing, but it's not that much. No, you and know? especially if you have like a hardware decoder, like it's basically, like it doesn't require basically any processing. Exactly. If so if there would be a way that you could somehow combine rendering for both the handheld and the console and then somehow like bring them together and make them freaking like. Dude. I, again, I wouldn't know how that would be yeah. doable. I just have to say, if they figured that out, like, that would be remarkable. Like, 
No one has been able to. They would be that making out. more money selling that technology to people than they would exactly. selling console at that point. Exactly. Like that would be treading new ground that no one has ever done before. Nintendo is also a toy company. They are I, a toy I company. I can't say that I trust, or not. I I I don't wouldn't expect that because that would be insane. Mm-hmm. So, but a I girl mean, can dream. Yeah, I mean they can't. They're having trouble getting being able to put feet on their freaking toys. I think that uh, they might have a little trouble coming up with some new rendering technique that has never been done before. Yeah. So, but there goes uh, that. it would be remarkable. It would be like it would be a breakthrough in technology. Yep. So, what the hell are we even talking about? I don't know. We just went really technical. Like we got super technical, y'all. We're sorry. We are computer science majors. But yeah, I. But I think back to the point about like Nintendo is, but they're like new console and development. I'm wondering if they're going to continue. I wonder if it would be smart of them to downsize or at least lower expectations on their consoles, continue selling them at a pseudo premium, mm-hmm. so to speak, make less of them, and continue to appeal to this dedicated hardcore market that's just gobbling the shit up? Or do they do what they did with the Wii and that make the most user-friendly console ever created, sell it at a low cost, and market it to everyone you know that's i think that's i think it needs to be one or the other i don't think they can ever go back to that in between yeah the the thing is i i would i would propose that they need to go straight up hardcore because the wii was lightning in a bottle like that's not going to happen again think about the wii back when the wii came out the iPhone didn't exist. The iPad didn't exist. Like these things that casuals use did not exist yet. Now that they do, that they do exist, and they're so prolif- they're like everyone has one. They can't get the casual market like they used to. Like they need to focus on their hardcore fans, but also they need to reduce the prices. Like one of the reasons why the Wii sold so well was it was two hundred fifty dollars. So even if you had a three sixty, even if you had a PS three, you bought one because it was so much cheaper. It was like the companion console. Like you could have one and you had one of the major ones and a Wii. But the Wii U launched at 350. Like that's w- at that point, you're getting to PS4 prices right there. Mistake one, launching at a higher price. Mistake two, not doing a goddamn thing to market it. Oh, yeah. To the people who would probably buy it. People still don't know what, what it is. People still don't know what it is. Like, People still think it's like an attachment to the Wii. Exactly. And, I mean, it's just an an entire thing of Nintendo is actually... Nintendo's just been bad at messaging lately. I don't really know why, but even with the Amiibos, like, whenever I go to buy Amiibos, there's always some parent there that's like, what are these things? What's an Amiibo? Oliver didn't even... Our friend Oliver that I talked to yesterday didn't know what an Amiibo was. And he's like a gamer. Like, he knows about games. So... That's kind of a failing in Nintendo that like people that are like in the gaming loop don't even know what these things are. Well, and even us, like we know what amiibos are and we know what they can do, but we don't know exactly what they do do for some ex- for some Do-do. games. Like, fuck, I know that you can use amiibos to be trained for Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Four. I don't, I don't know what they do outside. Like, I know you can get rewards in other Nintendo games. I don't know what those rewards are. 
do I go for the amiibo that's my favorite character or do I use it do I get it for the benefits that it will provide me and then even then some are getting canceled or yep. discontinued which means guess what games in the future aren't going to bother implementing functionality for those exactly why should they and I mean unless Nintendo makes it a point to address every single one mm-hmm. of them but that's so, just silly at so some far, point. the only amiibo that has special content, like the only amiibo that I know of that has content that you can only get with this amiibo in a certain game is the Link one with Hyrule Warriors, and the rest of them are just kind of generic, like content. Stupid little bonuses that don't necessarily, wouldn't even work as DLC, you know? It would be like a $1 DLC of like a hat or something. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yep. That's uh, that's by and large news. But if you want to know about uh, something else that was a success, that was marketed properly, and has become the cornerstone of an entire brand, the entire brand, everyone's doing it. Everyone's on there. People are living in there relationships have stemmed from this realism internal games Pinnacle the greatest graphic. platform ever created on mankind invisible people loving each other PlayStation Home PlayStation Home is go- is going away in March of 2015 <laughs> and yeah, no one will be sad no one's going to miss it but we are trekking to get all the trophies in the game before it gets removed from the servers. The classic case of tedious but easy. It is tedious. You just log in 50 times. That's all you need to do. Well, 50 days. 50 so just, separate days. Yep. That's all you and need to do. Then we will get all the trophies in this game. But one day I decided, well, let's let's see what else is in this place. Like, what, what have I been missing? What what has home been doing for the past five years? Do you want to know it's what home has been It's been getting better, doing? it would sound like. I mean, it got better, but, like, in crazy ways. You want to... Joe, do you want to know what, want what is up with home? I want the biggest nitty-gritty, uncensored take on what home has become. Okay, so... They were giving all those free items away, correct? Like so before my character that I had was just basically me. It was just a guy in some jeans and a t shirt, just because that's the stuff that they had for free. I wasn't gonna pay money for crazy shit. So I redesigned my guy to be wearing like he's like almost like a demon now. Um I'm wearing like tattered up jeans, no no uh no shoes, no socks, no shirt. But I have two pairs of wings, not just one pair of wings, two pairs of wings with like feathers flowing everywhere and they're all red and like looks like I'm like a demon guy and I'm wearing red sunglasses because why not and a um, a T-Rex skull as a head. I'm like a T-Rex demon flying around and so... This is another thing. I didn't even know that they added this, but at some point they added companions. So you can get companions that follow you. Like, I got some of the free ones that they were giving away now that the store is down for the for PS Plus or P, not PS Plus, PS Home. They were giving away a skunk, a deer, and an eagle. 
So basically what these do is they just follow you around. But they're so they clearly it was kind of tacked on because their AI is like ridiculously stupid because <laughs> I had this um deer following me and it just kept running around prancing around like hopping and like it, it would be like acting acting all timid and then just hop up and down and like do like it kept running into walls and shit like it was really funny um but then i settled on an eagle because that way i would have three sets of wings and the eagle rests on your shoulder or flies by you and there is craziness going on in the other room. There are the like a bunch of high schoolers in the room next to us. This is the best we could do with the time that we had. Yeah. I don't think they're going to hear them, but um yeah. Yeah, just this eagle is just constantly following me and I I actually took some pictures of it in home because I thought it was pretty funny. And cuz the eagle I don't know, it's it's really <laughs> it's really funny like it'll follow you in various ways it'll it'll, it'll either fly and like kind of like do like do circles around you as if it was gonna eat you like as it was hungry and like stalking you as prey or it'll be on your shoulder and it'll just be looking around or it'll get on the ground and do this like eagle waddle but clearly like it's just it's clear that they didn't like make special animations for this so like it's going up steps by just sliding up the steps <laughs> As like an eagle on little eagle feet. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. I <laughs> feel like they've tried to hit all the bullet points, yep. and now because it's ending in March, it's become the end of the world, where rampant yep. looting exists, and everyone has everything because fuck the rules. Basically, it doesn't matter anymore. Dude, there was a guy that. His, I was, I saw him. His, uh, what he was wearing, everything was money. Everything was made out of money, and then he had a cyclone of dollar bills wrapping around him, like flowing around him, like as if he was a storm of money. I really wonder how those people feel who drop money into this. Yeah, I know. Like now that everything's just be given out for free. Mm hmm. It's hmm. I, I still like how when it loads up, it has beta on the side. Yeah, it's been in beta for six years. Yeah, if you I mean, if you want to be technical about it, I don't even know what a full version of this would look like, yeah, you know, me, at this point. Because it already has all these features. It'll be coming to PS4, full version, out of beta. I won't doubt it. I'm, I'm betting money that no one ever tries this again on a console. I think unless a lot of time passes and they forget. Maybe. Yeah. Think of like what just happened this past year where micro it's so much time passed that Microsoft forgot about how terrible the PS3 launch happened and then they made the same mistakes. But then they, you know, backtracked on everything. I think the thing is it was a fad. And what I mean by that is, you know, you had fit you had my Second life. My space was one of, well, I mean, yeah, and just getting into the overall, like, social media thing at large, um, all started off with, like, very light interaction. We moved to Facebook, which was more integrated and a lot more, like, you could do more things, you could say more things, you could express yourself more, and you also had the popularity, air quotes, of something like Second Life. And it seemed like a growing market to capitalize on, especially for someone like Sony. Yep. 
The issue, though, is you can't have more than two social media sites mm-hmm. anymore. Like, you know, people haven't adopted Google Plus because they're already on MySpace. You know, why should the people who are into something, what could be argued to be a vastly superior product like Second Life, concern themselves with PlayStation Home? And why is anyone buying a PlayStation to play PlayStation Home? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, you might as well get that on something you already own, like a computer. You know, if you're you're turning on your PlayStation, you're playing games on it, you know? Mm -hmm. You're not going into the chat with people and give virtual hugs. Exactly. And PlayStation Home, for whatever they tried to do to make it gamey, was still not gamey at all, and it wasn't satisfying or fun. So, especially since you had to wait in line to play games, why would I want to wait in line? Yeah, it's just, I think we've gotten to the point now where more and more companies are recognizing that deeply integrated social media is like impossible now. Like, people want wider experiences, more bite sized experiences. That's why Twitter has emerged to be very popular, it's just. It's quick blurbs. You don't need to fiddle fart with anything. And it's not where the parents are at. I think home was asking, was doing too much. And that's why I think what the PS4 and Xbox One are doing now is the perfect balance of its social media without being social media. Yeah. It gives you the blurbs. It says, so-and-so played this game and got these trophies. That's all you exactly. need to know. That's all you care about. And it hooks into your existing networks. Yeah, and you don't have to do anything to it. It'll just do it for you versus home, which is something you need to log on, endure the load time, and then just like, then hopefully at some point meet up with people and talk to them. It's just really cumbersome. So it's, I mean, it's uh, good riddance. You know, it was... It was a joke when they launched it, and it's a joke now, and it will continue to be a joke, and I hope... It's a long-running joke. The people paying attention will never do it again. I think what they have with the Miiverse, the PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One, these are all... You can start and stop here. We don't need to get any crazier than this. Maybe a little crazier, but Hmm. I don't want to be controlling an avatar. So, Joe... Yes. I, 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 I... I went even deeper, though. How, oh, no. So, well, first off, a little side note. Just think about the people that have had to work on this for six years. Like, think of the people that have been making content for the for home. Think of the people that have been, like, maintaining it. Like, how many people do you think it is? Like, what is the, what is the home team? I want to see the home team. And what are they going to do after home? Like, is that, like, They're a resume just, booster? You know... Even like though it's labeled home? as beta, and even though you can label it as a failure, here's six years for any online community, yeah. especially something as like stupid as home. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty substantial amount of time. Yeah, lasted long. Here, here's what they can hang their hat on: they lasted longer than Mag. Oh, jeez. Yep. Freaking Mag. And that was an actual game. They got a paycheck. They contributed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And after this, if they move, they'll probably move on to other projects, and they won't ever have to tell anyone ever that they ever worked on this at all. Yeah, <laughs> just don't tell anyone, and it'll be peachy, peachy keen. 
I worked at PlayStation for six years. Well, what'd you work on? Firmware. Uh, you know all those uh, stability, the, the up, all those stability um, updates. That was me. That was that was me. <laughs> I made it more stable. <laughs> You're welcome, world. But no, I went deeper. So I didn't know this, but um, so they have kind of like a PlayStation Home soap opera. Oh no! It is a soap opera or show. Like I don't know, they call it a show, but I was watching it and it's like a soap opera. Like that's how cheesy it is. That is entirely directed and filmed inside of PlayStation Home. In that, these characters are being controlled by PlayStation Home users as they're filming it, and they're using the animations built into Home. The the places built into home the costumes built into home it's ridiculous like it doesn't it's so crazy because like there's a limited number of things so like it seems like they've had to come up with really weird and crazy ideas to make it work so like these guys wanted to have a fight so like these guys these two guys at home are like oh we're mad because blah 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 they're gonna have a fight so they're like clipping together like different like you know how like there's some dance moves where like you might be moving your fist in a way that it might look like you're fighting. Yeah, they're clipping together these these close up shots of these dance moves to make it look like they're beating the shit out of each other. Goddamn warpers! <laughs> and this is like a long running series. Like there, but th- I looked it up like this has been going on for like a long time. Like, and they have it constantly running in a, in a theater in PlayStation Home that you can watch all the episodes back to back. I. It's you went crazy. too deep. You need to pull out. It's crazy. <laughs> Abort. Abort. And you know what the best part was? I mean, how can it get any better than this? As when I was in the theater, the theater where they were showing these TV shows and everyone was watching them, someone sent me a private message. <laughs> what did it have to say? They so this was after I had changed my costume. They said, "Dude, you're really weird." As they, as they are in the theater with the stupid home soap opera, they thought I was really weird because I changed my costume to be silly. I don't. Mm. <laughs> that was the icing on the cake. After that, I left. I don't. I'm literally speechless. I don't know what to contribute to this other than good riddance home. Yep. I don't necessarily say I'll miss you. I'll miss making fun of you. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that sentiment. So yeah. Besides that, um have you so do you know Starbomb? I actually don't. I don't know what this is. Okay, so Starbomb is a band. Um do you know Ninja Sex Party? I've heard those words used together. Whether they were referring to so a band or not, I don't know. They're another band. Okay. Um, you know Ego Raptor, though. I do know Ego Raptor. So Starbomb is the members of Ninja Sex Party with Ego Raptor. They just gave it their, its own name, and I just discovered them. Wait, I, kind of, I think yeah, I think I know Ninja Sex Party. They do a lot of really stupidly funny, stupidly songs. Fun. Exactly. So that's basically. Oh, I'm trying. They did one about being gay. I thought. Yep, that was they, really good. They've done a go- ton of good stuff. So Starbomb is they add Ego Raptor in, and then they just do video game music. 
instead, like video game silly songs. Oh, that's actually pretty good. It's it's really good. Um, they actually started like a little over a year ago. So I'm kind of behind the scene, like behind the times because I just discovered it recently. But I went and listened to their first album, and they just because I discovered it because they just released their second album last week. It's really funny. Like their their first album. Honestly, I kind of think their first album was a little bit better, but like they're both good. And there's a lot of songs on there that actually I want to I want to have you listen to them because I feel like you'll get more out of them than I do cuz like there's some songs where it's like, yeah, this nails stuff that I'm into. And then there's songs I'm like, yeah, Joe would totally love this. Like they're making like Final Fantasy and Metal Gear references out the wazoo. That's that's what I like about artists who can like traverse several different games when they like do remixes and stuff because mm-hmm. you know all you need is one song from one game that someone has an affinity for and you've won their heart over well it's not even like a remix like it's like making fun of the game that like, too like it's just like i, I don't even want to say it because i want you to listen to it but like, I, I will one listen of, to one this of the ones i really I like to, was now. so like I'm, I'm a big metroid fan and they did an awesome like metroid song about how samus samus like fighting Kraid and crazy shit like that wham, 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 wham. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the title screen for metroid yep. prime yeah dude best title it, screen it's so good but and that music is pretty fucking stellar so to the listeners out there you should definitely look at look for star bomb all their stuff is on spotify so you can listen oh, to that's, it there that's actually pretty cool too mm-hmm. huh. so yeah i definitely recommend it it made me Made me happy, made me chuckle. So might have some new music to listen to. Oh yes, bother my neighbors. <laughs> but I think I think that's it. I don't know unless you got anything else, Joe. Um, can wrap it up. Nothing like too major. We played a little bit of sports, friends. But oh yeah, you can't really even. You can't even describe that. You just no. have to play. If, if you have access to Sports Friends, access Sports to, Friends. You need to play Joust. You need to play Joust. It is the best. It's so freaking dumb. I don't even want to describe it just because, like, you had to, you just have to play it. Make sure you have a lot of controllers. You need multiple controllers. Yeah, it's like one of those game. It's just one of those games where it's, like, the best when there's untold amounts of people. Unlike Smash Bros. 4, which once you get to 8... <laughs> you might as well just sit there. You'll probably have higher survivor survivability. Mm-hmm. You just stand in one spot. What was it, Joust? Well, that's the objective, is to stand in one spot. Yep. So, yeah. Nothing too pressing outside of that. So, I guess uh, you can find us on Twitter. Our handles will be in the description of this podcast. Or you can just search for our full names also in the description of the podcast. You can find both of us on PlayStation Network. You can find Peter on Xbox One. If he ever gets around to booting that up again. Oh, I, I mean, I booted it to update it. Oh, excellent. No, I, no, no, really. I actually have been playing some Killer Instinct. I, ah, I like that game. It's real fun. Fun game. You can find him there. You can, uh... What else can they do? Like and... Subscribe to this podcast, review us or something, I don't know. Um, visit our website, zucchinithumbs.com. Yes. Um, See my funny pictures that I put in every post. He puts funny pictures in every post. 
It's always like a surprise. You never know what you're going to get. And uh, also like the Zucchini Thumbs Facebook page. Sure. Yeah. Please, we haven't gotten a new like in like a year. Ever. We're reaching 200 people, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Also, you can find us on Steam. I play a lot of Steam. Peter's on Steam from time to time, but not too much. I try to be on Steam. We try. But whenever I reboot my computer, I don't have it set to automatically start because I feel like that'll make my reboot take longer. So I have to manually start it up if I think about it. Yep. So with that, that wraps up another episode of Shit Gamers Say. Goodbye. Bye-bye.